This is episode number 124 with Mark Shapiro. Oftentimes when things are kind of just kind of flowing in our lives, they're good enough, maybe not exactly how we'd want them to be. We don't necessarily have the impetus or the incentive to make the big changes that are yeah. ultimately going to give us the lives that we want. But when something major happens, you know, a health scare or a death in the family or the loss of a job or a divorce, that's when like there's a clean slate that you're basically allowed to build from scratch. That's the world that I want to live in, this world where we feel more connected, where the space that lies between us, that you know, isolates us in, in our struggles, in our fear, that we just like push right through that. Welcome to Claiming Your Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Franny Nicole. When we are born, we're not told about the struggles that life will present and how it will affect us within. Over time, we begin dealing with the frustration, the loss, the huge obstacles and roadblocks that life inevitably puts in our way. And for some, this is a breaking point. And for others, this is where they thrive. Each week, we'll bring you the breakdowns and breakthrough stories from some of the most influential people in their fields. It is these stories of redemption we hope will resonate, creating a space for that is powerful, productive, and life-changing. Because when it all comes down to it, all you have to do is claim your truth. Welcome back. Franny Nicole here. Who's back to school already? My kids went back to school today, and it just feels like the summer flew by, didn't it? Okay, so a few months ago, I did an episode on rejection with Kevin Crenshaw. Well, Kevin is now doing a self-love program that I wanted to share with you all. Hard on yourself, struggling with self-love, always putting others before yourself. True Love Accelerator is a three-month immersive program to heal from the past, live in self-love, and put yourself first. You'll be a part of an incredible heart-centric community you can feel safe with and trust as you grow and learn together. If you have awareness and ready to do the deep work, this is for you. The link to Kevin's program will be in the episode summary. I appreciate everyone who has taken the time to listen to today's episode. I did not have one last week, but I am back and don't plan on skipping a beat. I want to take a moment and talk to you about relationships. Love is one of the most common things people ask me about when I meet up with them for coffee or whatnot. After all, who doesn't want to be in love, right? But a lot of people make the mistake of thinking that relationships should be easy. But that simply isn't the case. We're all unique, complicated, and complex individuals. And it's not always going to be simple to get along with each other. It takes work. It takes a lot of work. But there are certain things that can help you out, even if you're not a hopeless romantic like I am. Show your partner that the relationship matters to you by implementing a few daily changes that I found helpful that can make your relationship happier. Say thank you. You know all those little things that your partner does for you that don't really matter. They do matter. Choosing your favorite song, even preparing your clothes out in the morning. Don't take these things for granted. Psychologists have found that by expressing gratitude, even for the smallest things, you can help make your relationship last. Why? Because gratitude is like fire. 
All it takes is a single spark and it'll and it'll start a chain reaction of happiness. Listen and give feedback. This isn't exclusive to romantic relationships, but pretty much all relationships, friendships, siblings, family, whoever. Whenever you want to improve the way you interact with someone, just improve the way you converse with them. Let them speak, hear them out, and respond directly to what they said. You would be surprised at how often you fail even even at this. The 10-minute rule comes from Terry Orbutch, a relationship expert and professor in sociology. She recommends that every day you and your partner set aside 10 minutes, no more or less, dedicated to talking about anything that is on their minds. This gives both partners the opportunity to share something that might be bothering them instead of letting it build up as most of us do. Discover your partner. One psychologist found in his research that that none of us will admit we don't know our partner as well as we should. So he gives us a simple suggestion. Don't assume that you know everything about your partner. Never stop listening and never stop asking. Hug and kiss. My favorite. Could it get any more obvious? As much as we may love our partners, sometimes we just forget to show them even in the easiest way. Research has found that people love being hugged or kissed by their partner in the morning. And the significance this small physical gestures have on the overall relationship is too much to ignore. These tiny changes in your life all take 10 minutes or less to implement, but they can help you build a lifetime of happiness with the person you love. So for this week's mantra, I chose, I am the architect of my life. Choosing your words wisely can change your life. In practicing, I am the architect of my life. You will feel the effects of the speech that inspires, empowers, and uplifts. I am so thrilled to introduce you to today's guest, Mark Shapiro. I had the honor to sit down with Mark and hear his story and talk about connecting with one another in the digital world. After spending a decade in marketing at Showtime Networks, Mark Shapiro is on a mission to ensure that no person feels alone in their struggles and instead feels connected, encouraged, and empowered to live freely and authentically. Since 2014, Mark has produced the acclaimed 235-episode podcast series, People Being Real, giving the premier TEDx talk on authentic connection, sharing his uniquely memorable way to keep in touch with everyone he knows and cares about, which he talks about on this episode, and has supported thousands of entrepreneurs and dozens of brands with social impact strategies, authentic content production, and and through his experiential talk on openness, vulnerability, and kindness and connection. So today on Claiming Your Truth podcast, we have the one and only Mark Shapiro. Thanks for coming today. Thank you for having me, Franny. So Mark, what are we celebrating today? What are we celebrating today? Being alive, I guess. It's another day. Yeah, in his exactly. Life. I'm so excited to finally get you here yeah. to have this conversation. Yeah, we're also celebrating a new friendship here. Exactly. Meeting for the first time. You know, I was a little nervous to meet you. Really? Why? Actually, it was like an anticipation of meeting you. And it was just like, I was like, like the first day of school, like you're excited, okay. you're nervous, but it's like, what? Okay, he's just a human. <laughs> I am a human. Some days I feel better than other days. Yeah, it's just, I guess it's just listening to your podcast and kind of it was like more of meeting somebody who's very inspiring and it's just, it was exciting to finally get to meet you. Awesome. Well, it's a pleasure to meet you as well. I am a big fan of what you're doing and embracing the fact that everybody has 
struggles and that we shouldn't feel alone in our struggles, yeah. but we should share openly about them because that's a beautiful way to liberate ourselves from those struggles to express and then to be able to connect through those because we're all dealing with crap. Yeah, we all are. Whether we want to admit it or not, we all are. So why don't we give my audience a little background of sure. where you come from and what you're doing these days? Yeah, sure. Well, I'm from Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I am 37, and time is going by so fast, I can't <laughs> believe it. And it's really cool to be interviewed on your podcast because I there was many years of my life that I never would have imagined that I'd be the subject on a podcast or being interview worthy or having something unique or interesting to say. So... Let's first, I guess, start there. But uh, I found myself kind of doing what I felt like I was supposed to do growing up, following my older brother to college and kind of being a people pleaser, just trying to fit in and be liked and to do my thing. And ultimately, I found myself uh, divorced at age 30, 31. And that was a big kind of aha moment in my life where I realized like, whoa, I have been making so many decisions in my life based on the expectations of my parents and what I perceived I was supposed to do, but not necessarily because like if I could do anything, that's what I'd want to do. So that's kind of what kind of having this awareness of being like, wow, I can do and I can be whoever I want to be. I just need to have the courage to kind of take the initial first steps. You know, one step at a time has led me to your apartment here. Yeah, and versus, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, versus getting the validation of society of having, you know, getting married at a young age, having the house, kind of realizing that after the divorce. Indeed, that was a, yeah, a big threshold to cross, not something that I ever wanted or ever thought would ever happen. Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, we got married and we're going to be together forever and it was a great love and we were supposed to have a love story like my grandparents where, you know, my grandparents are 90 and 91 and they've been together for 70 years. Oh, like wow. that's what I thought was in the cards for me. How long so were you married? We were together for 11 years and married for four. Okay. And ultimately she really changed. Uh, and we got divorced seven years ago. So you guys were together for, since you were 20. Yeah. Oh wow. So yeah. much change happens during that age. Totally. We grew up together. Yeah. And so that relationship ending was the most pain that I had ever experienced to date at that point in my life because I was pretty fortunate to have a really beautiful, I guess, privileged upbringing where I didn't have a lot of suffering as a kid. And that was just a big wake up call for me. And that's kind of where I hit the reset button because oftentimes when things are kind of just kind of flowing in our lives, they're good enough, maybe not exactly how we'd want them to be. We don't necessarily have the impetus or the incentive to make the big changes that are yeah. ultimately going to give us the lives that we want. But when something major happens, you know, a health scare or a death in the family or the loss of a job or a divorce, that's when like there's a clean slate that you're basically allowed to build from scratch. And that's what I did. It's like figuring out who you are now without her in mm -hmm. a way, like who's Mark Shapiro solo. It was really tough because I love being in a relationship and I'm the kind of person that when I'm in a relationship, I love to spend all my time with my partner mm -hmm. and um, we are very inseparable and I definitely was very codependent in that relationship. So when it did end, it was like, whoa, what do I do with all this space? Now I can do whatever I want at any moment. What do I want to do? Did you have a problem like being alone? I did. I did. I'm a very social person and 
I'm pretty tough on myself. Are you tough on yourself? I am. You are? Mm -hmm. And what I find is that sometimes when I'm alone in my thoughts for too long, I get very critical and tough on myself. So I find that when I'm out socially and can connect with others, it naturally reminds me of who I am. And by connecting with others, I'm Mm -hmm. free from whatever that internal voice in my head is talking negatively at me. And so uh, I found myself being very social and going out on a lot of dates. So that was kind of the way that I coped with it. But there's one thing I won't feel inclined to share here, but isolation, like there's a reason why like such a big punishment in prison is to be put, you know, in isolation. And um, as humans, we need the connection of others. Our health depends on human connection. So I think whenever we find ourselves too isolated, whether we're in solitary confinement in prison, uh, which I'm guessing if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably not in jail in solitary <laughs> confinement. But even if we're like alone at work in you know, having an annoying day, that's still isolation. So I think it's, it's really valuable to put ourselves out there to not feel like we are alone in our problems and struggles to be able to talk through them and openly. And yeah. for me personally, I find that when I'm going through a tough time, when I put myself out there, um, it's really valuable. I think the big thing for me is not just putting myself out there, but being okay with some alone time. I think like with everything in life, there's kind of a yin and a yang. It's not necessarily black and white, but having a nice balance, yeah, the balance of is key. solo time and connection time. I know with, I know you said that you work remotely and I work remotely and I find myself feeling that way sometimes Mm -hmm. like not leaving my house for a few days just because I'm working and then I I stay home with my kids or whatnot I don't get a chance to leave but then it's like I'm running from my apartment like a cabin fever almost it's just kind of like okay I can't be in here anymore it's just I guess it takes a toll on like you said like your mind it just starts to go wild because there's nothing else that's doing besides you're alone even if you're working like but being solitary like in your place alone working it's it can go pretty For wild. Sure. I always <laughs> find it so refreshing, like on a day where I wake up maybe on the wrong side of the bed or something's not going completely my way or how I want it to, you know, going, grabbing coffee with a friend and just yeah. connecting and then realizing like, wow, I was making like a really big deal. I, like I had tunnel vision on that one problem that I had For and there's sure. so much more, you know, beauty available if I'm able to like, you know, zoom out a little bit from that hyper focus on the one thing that's not working on my life to see the bigger picture to connect with someone else and it's always so liberating i always find where you where a problem feels so big it's like an ocean but really it was just a puddle that you just needed to see differently yeah for sure yeah what has your journey been like since the divorce Hmm. so there's been a lot of ups and downs and a lot of self-discovery and a lot of new ground and a lot of things have remained the same as well so Uh, It's been really beautiful. Um, After I got divorced, about six months later, I did an emotional intelligence workshop here in Los Angeles, MITT, and that really opened up my eyes where I started asking myself some of those bigger questions about what do I really want and if I could do anything and if I knew I didn't fail, what would I do? And by doing that, having like loving, supportive people around me, uh, I felt like I was encouraged to take some steps to get outside of my comfort zone. And what I found is that that was really healing for me because I think we've all found ourselves in situations where life maybe doesn't go our way. Maybe we're sick. You know, maybe someone broke up with us. And the more that we are telling ourselves and other people that same old story, you know, maybe it's complaining about your ex-boyfriend or 
you know, being upset still that it didn't work out at the job or feeling slighted, the more that we're telling those same old stories, we're not actually moving on. So I found that by asking myself the questions about what, you know, if I could do anything, what would I do? What brings me the greatest excitement in my life? You know, doing more of that and having people encouraging me, the more I kind of stepped into that space of what I wanted my life to be, then I would take steps in that direction and it would create more distance from my problem, the struggle, the things that weren't working in my life. And then, you know, sooner than later, like you're, you've got a new story to tell. Yeah. And like, I'm not telling the story of my divorce every single day anymore. Yeah. And it's, it gets tiring on your just mentally to continue to tell someone the whole story. It's draining. For sure. I mean, I think it's like breathing, right? We got to yeah. breathe through the things and time heals if we're willing to forgive and accept what is and to let go. Yeah, I went, you know, like I was saying to you earlier, I went to Landmark for self-development and I really was involved with it and I tried to enroll my ex-husband, you know, I was like, you need to take this. I want you to, you know, see, you know, how amazing your life can be because we were not kosher all the time. And I'm like, you need to take this. And he walked out. He did. Yeah. And it's just, and he still was at that place where he just wanted to complain and complain and complain. So Mm -hmm. I find that people, if you don't, aren't open to it, you're just going to continue to complain and your life is going to be a certain way because all you're doing is complaining and Mm -hmm. uh, and people are not going to want to be around you. For sure. Like you can put somebody in the course and if they are not willing that it's not going to work right you can lead a horse to water yeah exactly make them drink and yeah you know i think is interesting is you know i compare it to like there are there's opportunity everywhere yeah right like the way that our lives are the way they are is oftentimes because of the choices that we've made and the doors that we have opened and the doors that we haven't opened but like in a hallway there's doors all over the place we just need to be open to maybe opening a door that we've never opened before yeah yeah it's I don't know where I was going with that but I just it's just I really wanted that per, uh, my ex-husband to like stop complaining right. and just start fresh and start new and I guess he's just still resentful and right he feels <laughs> safe or comfortable and yeah wherever he is and it's been three years so you and hopefully soon <laughs> He'll have a breakthrough and realize that right. it's not his story and can change. Sure. You know, yeah. I think in terms of, you know, wanting the best for somebody else yeah. in our lives, whether it's for our partner or our ex-partner or a sibling or a parent or, you know, a coworker. Yeah. Like we can show our love for somebody else and we can have like a meaningful conversation to just you know express that we want the best for someone and to ask them what they want which will hopefully connect them to what it is they want uh which may or may not be different than what their current situation mm-hmm. is and we can be loving and supportive and encouraging but at the same time we can't make them actually drink yeah. i think what is uh, what's something that I has worked for me because I've had similar types of situations where I've wanted my siblings to go and do emotional intelligence work and they're not interested and you know I know it's worked for me and I know it's worked for so many of my friends going to emotional intelligence workshops and uh, doing things that you know make them feel uncomfortable but for whatever reason yeah. my siblings haven't been open to hearing that message from me what I found though is where a lot of people misstep is they'll keep having that same conversation with them over and over and over again and won't necessarily change their approach. And that's just not effective. 
Yeah. Right. So if a, if you have a conversation with someone and it doesn't work, don't have the exact same conversation with them. You know, approach it from a different place. Maybe open up and share something really vulnerable about yourself first, where then they feel comfortable maybe being open and vulnerable sharing about themselves versus just telling them you got to do this course. So yeah. there's a lot of different ways to enter into a conversation and to engage. And I think that you know, if you find yourself in a situation where your communication just isn't effective or you're not getting the result you want is like really being willing to like, you know, get back to the drawing board and like write down a list of a bunch of different ways that you could enter into this conversation that perhaps one of them or maybe having the conversation on a different day, a different space will create a result where you might be able to get the result that you want yeah I think for me I think just focusing on the work that I'm doing on myself will inspire others to want to do the same work that's the approach I'm going right now for sure. <laughs> I, I think that's a great I mean that's really... I mean if they see the results in me then they'll might take a step back and say you know I can do that I want to you know have that same transformation or similar or right I think growth. I think that's a great point I was actually having a conversation with my girlfriend about this the other day because we're going to Burning Man, and I know this example isn't about Burning Man that I'm about to give, but um, we were talking about this experience we wanted to have at this you know, awesome festival in, in the mm. desert, and she gave kind of like two things as what she was hoping for. One, she was talking about being just loving and gentle and kind on herself and loving and gentle and kind on everyone around her. And then the second thing she said is like, to have our relationship only even being stronger walking out of the festival. So what I think is interesting here is the first thing she said was about her being as to how she was committed to showing up at the festival, you know, being just very kind, accepting, gentle on herself, being really loving uh, and kind towards others. The other thing about our relationship being stronger, that requires two to tango, right? That is more of a result. Yeah. The first one is more of like, this is like a way of being that I'm just committed. I'm committing to showing up in this way. The other one's a result. The reality in life is we can't control other people. We can't control the results or yeah. the outcomes. But we, what we can do is, you know, have an impact or control over how we show up. So I thought your example was like really beautiful. It's just I'm going to do the best that I can. And uh, hopefully, you know, my partner, cousin, parent, yeah. Uh, that they will experience that and that will inspire them in some sort of way as well. Exactly. And that takes time. So you're you're not single anymore then? Not, no. Congratulations. Thank you. Because <laughs> I listened to the your 100 Dates episode, <laughs> yeah. which was cool because it's just kind of you had like that spreadsheet of what worked, what didn't work, Did, and yeah. you know, your recommendations. So it was really fascinating to listen to. Thank you. How long, like what was that all, like how did that all go down like a hundred dates and yeah well I think that I went on over a hundred dates over. probably uh and it was over the course of like six seven years it wasn't in like you know two weeks where I was going, <laughs> you know, going on like ten dates a day <laughs> but um yeah, after I got divorced I I really wanted to find love again I'm in my 30s and most of the people I grew up with are married with kids and my brother is married with kids and it's always something that I've wanted more than anything else. So I definitely wanted to put myself out there and to meet an amazing woman and to have a family. And you know, I think I did start dating too soon. I wasn't quite ready after the divorce, even though I just dove into dating again. But I really put myself out there and 
you know, you can probably guess if I went on 100, 150 first dates that like I didn't find the love that I was hoping for or the right fit. Um, but like anything in life, you got to got to keep going. You got to keep trying and learning from what worked and what didn't work. And um, it was hard. It was hard. I've definitely found that dating in the modern world is a, a crapshoot and really requires yeah. yourself to put yourself out there. And dating apps can and do work, but at the same time, they can be really addictive and time consuming. And you can find yourself playing, you know, the judgment game where you're judging somebody else based off of their profile. And people are probably also doing that to you as well. And there's ghosting. And, you know, there's a lot of realities that are really tough and require vulnerability. And so, you know, I went through all of that. And the reason why I did kind of that tell all on my podcast is I just knew that I was not alone <laughs> in the challenges of modern day dating. And while part of me really wanted to call in an amazing love, I really did that episode just as an act of vulnerability because I knew so many people were dealing with the same challenges that I was. And I just felt like, you know, I might as well share and see what happens. And it was really liberating for me. The response was really positive because I like, I, you heard, I like went there. I talked about like my love history, my vision for love. Like I talked about like having spreadsheets where I was like tracking. I mean, I was clearly very obsessed with it. And like, I really do think it it took me kind of letting go of that obsession with dating to be like a little more chill, I think, and open to actually calling in the right partners. So I met my girlfriend, Jen on a hinge back in uh, December. And uh, it's been beautiful relationship, and it's also been super challenging. Well, it's like you said, the yin and the yang. There's yeah. that balance where it takes work to form that yeah. relationship. If it was too easy, then it's kind of yeah, you'd give up. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Of course. So, you're a single mom. Okay. What is that like, putting yourself out there, dating? Um, you know, it has to be challenging because a lot. I don't, I don't want to say most, but a lot of guys don't want to date someone who has kids. Even though I'm not looking for a baby daddy, I'm not looking for anybody to take care of my kids. Yeah. You know, it's still, it's always nice to meet someone that's okay with having, with a woman having kids. Because I also want to have more kids. Like I'm not, you know, at least one more, you know. You've got a lot of love to give. Yeah, I love kids. And that's scary for some guys. They're like, whoa, she has two kids. She wants to have more kids. It's just goodbye. And um, so it's been hard, you know, dating in the digital age. It's um, like you said, it's just there's too many options. People just swiping too quickly. And right. I've met pe- I've met men outside of apps and then thought they were handsome and great personality. And then seeing them on a dating app, I was like, oh, I would have never swiped right mm. on them. So it's just kind of deceiving. You don't really get to know anyone through those apps for even what they look like. They're putting their best photos on, they're putting, mm-hmm. and then you meet these people and they look nothing like for sure. you thought, or their voice, you know, maybe you don't like their voice, or it's just, yeah, dating is is tough as a single mother, but it's okay, I'm very, in the beginning, like how you said, I was I uh, was dating a lot, a lot of first dates. I don't know mm-hmm. if it was over 100, but I went on a lot, a lot of first dates, and I'm still single after three years, but it's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. I'm happy with myself. I'm loving mm-hmm. myself, and I'm open to love, and whenever it's ready to come, I'm, you know, I'll open that door, but I'm just not 
out like just to date anyone anymore just to fill my time mad mad respect there's a couple things that i'm like really hearing you say and like one i just want to acknowledge you because you're a single mom and you have a full-time gig and then you run this inspirational podcast as well and uh, i think that that is so tremendous but like that allows you to you know be your best self and to have you know hobbies and outlets of creativity and expression yeah. which you know allow you to be secure and I would imagine and you know who you are that allows the space for you know the right partner to be called in when the time is right versus you know being like just throwing yourself exactly. out there to try to force it and you know what I found is when the rhythm isn't right in life when I'm trying to force it, it just never really works out yeah, and it takes a lot of energy to be vulnerable with someone and to do it over and over and over again. It's just you don't want to do it anymore. It's right. just a waste. Yeah. That they not that the people you're sharing yourself with don't care, but it's they're just not the right ones that you should be, you know, giving mm -hmm. your energy to. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that I kind of heard you say is that you've gotten like you're clear on what you want. You're not going to just go out with anyone. And I think yeah. that there is like a time and a place, like after a breakup, to be like, all right, well, I know I don't want that. Let me put myself out there to see what I want. But yeah. I think the more clear we can be on you know, how we want to feel in a relationship, you know, the non-negotiables, the values, you know, that we want our partner to have, yeah. um, that then we can have the opportunity to date people that fit, you know, fit that criteria. And I know something for me that was a challenge for me is like I wanted love so bad that I would like blatantly like ignore red flags and I'd go out with people that clearly weren't what I was looking for yeah. and just because like you know the sex is good or just because mm -hmm. you know the person is there and is available like doesn't necessarily mean like you should do it so I think there's sometimes important to you know say no for a bigger yes, yeah. essentially. And, and I think like there's some things like, usually it's not black and white. Again, most things in life aren't black and white. And somebody will be like really fun, you know, to hang out with. And like I say, do it. If you want to like have fun and date and screw around with someone, like they're a good like companion, do it. But like if you know that you're looking for like a more serious partner or you, you want to start a family and you're looking for a partner, you know, who do mm -hmm. that, then don't spend all your time with someone who doesn't fit that bill. You know, like yeah. that was kind of one of the rules that I kind of had in dating is like I still wanted to have a good time. And it was just like I I was more spontaneous in those interactions with, you know, people that I was like hanging out with a little bit more casually versus like putting days on the calendar to spend time with them. Because those were then days that I wasn't open for perhaps calling in something that was more in line with what I wanted. So yeah. having having kind of boundaries there was very valuable for me. Yeah, I agree. And I find that I just enjoy spending more time by myself versus, you know, just having those one off mm -hmm. fun times that, you know, I could be doing something better with my time. Mm -hmm. What do you like to do when you're by yourself? Getting personal with me. Yeah. <laughs> I sing. Cool. I sing and I uh, play piano. I attempt to play piano and I do that on my spare time. Do you got a, a nice uh, pink guitar right here. Yeah, I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning to play guitar. And I, because I always, I feel so dependent on others to come and play mm -hmm. music so I can sing. I'm like, okay, I need to learn so I can just jam by myself. Mm -hmm. So I've been taking guitar lessons and um, playing the piano again. I grew up playing piano. So I'm just trying to get back into playing music. That's awesome. Yeah. That's very cool. I was at a workshop last summer. I forget who the facilitator was. 
but she said that creativity is not a luxury. It is a non-negotiable. It's so important. And I think, you know, in this world today, in this culture where it's like, you know, how, how am I going to make more money that we sometimes let our creativities and our hobbies and our passions kind of fall by the wayside. But those are the things that like really fill us up. Yeah. And so I think it's awesome that I really enjoy it. And I think it's just something fun to share with someone and it, it makes me uncomfortable. So it allows me to grow. So that's all. I like it. <laughs> so let's talk about your podcast. You've sure. had it since 2015 yeah. and how did that get going and what was your inspiration for that and all that jazz? Yeah. So I started the podcast in April, I think 2015. And for anyone who's wanted to start a podcast out there, like, A, you can do it, and it's an awesome thing. Uh, but what was the impetus for that was doing a lot of self-development work. And um, I did a, a workshop on authenticity, and uh, it really, uh, it really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It really resonated with people. And as a result of the exercises that I created and was you know, putting people through, people were making big changes in their lives, connecting to their authentic truths. And uh, I realized, like, I want to bring this to more people. How do I kind of get outside of my own network? And my good friend Lewis Howes has the School of Greatness podcast, and I saw the amazing work that he was doing, and I felt inspired to launch a podcast. So that kind of how I started it was I first declared – I'm going to start a podcast. So if you found yourself wanting to you know, start a YouTube channel, start a podcast, just declare it. And not only just to yourself, but start telling every, everybody you know. Because then those people will ask you, you know, how's your podcast coming along? So that's exactly what happened with me, where I declared it, I think, in probably October of 2014. And uh, I kind of gave myself a deadline. I'm going to launch it uh, in April of 2015. And April started approaching and, you know, I was kind of had like one foot in, one foot out. People were asking me about it. And uh, I just stayed true to that deadline that I gave myself. And uh, I scheduled a couple interviews because it was going to be an interview formatted show with some people. So that's kind of another thing. If you want to start a podcast or start a show, just start booking guests. Like, you know, like same type of thing. If you want to do like a workshop or a live event, just book the venue and then you'll figure out a way to pull it off. Yeah. So that was a great way of, you know, keeping me accountable and did the first couple of interviews. It was a lot of fun and, um, launched it and it's been four and a half years. So I, I haven't missed a week of the podcast in four and a half years. And, uh, it's been awesome. Like I've got to meet incredible people and, in addition to like that, uh, it's created all sorts of new opportunities. So before I like get any further on that, first, when I had this idea to launch a podcast and later decided to leave my corporate job to pursue this podcast and mission of authenticity full time, like I instantly thought like, oh, it's going to be a huge success. The world needs it. I, the podcast is going to grow really fast. Everyone's going to love it. And I'm going to have like my most influential friends on the show and they're going to share with their audiences and it's going to grow so fast. I'm going to get sponsors, you <laughs> know, I'm going to get a book deal. I'm going to do all this coaching group programs and documentary. And like, I saw all these ways to monetize it. And I uh, guess what? It did not go as I thought it would be. And so even like fast forwarding the clock, like four and a half years, like a lot of the things that I thought would happen right away, like still haven't happened. 
but at the same time, so much other magic has come out of it. So I think like the lesson for me is like to, that I would pass on to you listening is that just pursue any kind of ideas or passions that you have, do your best, hold yourself accountable. Don't be too attached to the outcome because there's going to be so much magic and opportunities that come along the way. And like, you know, for me, like this conversation, like I couldn't know this would happen or like um, doing my TEDx talk. Like that was not something that I thought would happen. And even the subject matter that I did it on, I had no idea that 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 would be something for me. So I think just continuing to put myself outside of my comfort zone, opening up more doors, going back to the door metaphor uh, has created like a whole new life that I could have dreamed of, but I didn't think that was possible for me. And even when I say that, that does not mean that I am immune to challenges and struggles and self-doubt and insecurity. Those things are real for me, and I experience them all the time. Let's, that TEDx talk you did was incredible, by the way. It was, nice. I watched it on a flight. <laughs> nice. And um, how did you get, how does one even get started to do a TED Talk or just to get in that space? Yeah. Well, if, you know, if you're listening and if you've ever wanted to give a TEDx talk, like the good news is you absolutely can and you probably have an amazing message that if it's important to you, it's probably going to be really important to other people as well. So share it. Um, another cool thing about TEDx talks, and this is little known because I know like when people think of TEDx talks, they think of Brene Brown's The Power of Vulnerability yeah. or Start With Why by Simon Sinek. And like, they're like, whoa, that's such a big deal. Like maybe at some point in my life, you know, I'd love to give a TEDx talk, but like, I'm not there. I'm not ready yet. I don't think that they would even accept me. You, you might be telling yourself all those stories. But the truth is there are like dozens of TEDx talks every day around the world. And each of these TEDx talks might have 10 to 15 speaker slots. Some of them are on huge stages in front of thousands of people. Some of them are like at small community colleges in front of like 20 or 30 people. So the cool thing is you can go to Ted's website and you can see the list of all of the different TED venues from you know, around the world and you can go to those sites. They usually are accepting applications. You can apply. So what I'm saying here is it's actually not as hard to score and land a TEDx talk as you might be thinking. It's really just about putting yourself out there and making it happen. So I thought there was like a program you had to go through, like training or something for you to be able to like get chosen. No. Oh, well, it made no, it sound a lot not. harder then. Yeah. <laughs> it, you know, a lot of people don't know, but that is the absolute truth. And like when know. I, my friend Taylor Conroy, who helps people get TEDx talks and craft their messages, he's amazing. Check out the Idea Collective. But um, Taylor encouraged me to give a TEDx talk. And like I was telling myself all those stories that I was kind of alluding to, like, oh, maybe in time. I don't know. You know what I'd give it on. And literally, the moment I decided I was going to give a TEDx talk and like started to apply to a couple places, I landed a TEDx talk within a week. And how did you chose? How did you choose the topic? Yeah, I chose the topic because I have this daily ritual, and it is that uh, I send a personalized video message to every single one of my Facebook friends if it's their birthday. So I have like three thousand Facebook friends. That's so about like eight to 10 birthdays a day and regardless of how well I know this person or how we met like it could be someone I went to high school with it could be like a really close friend or it could be literally someone who I met one time we somehow became Facebook friends I'm like I have no idea where or how I met them everyone gets a personalized video shout out for me and I do it just because I can like technology allows us to do that 
doesn't take that much time. You know, I'm not like sharing my life story. I'm just like sending them some birthday love, thinking of you. Sometimes I allude to a memory that we've shared together or a wish that I have for them for the year ahead. And so I started doing that about three years ago. And when I landed the TEDx talk and I was thinking about, oh, you know, or when I was decided I was going to give a TEDx talk, I was like, well, what could I give a talk on? And I'm like, well, I've been doing this daily ritual for like nine, 10 months now. And it's been really well received. It's made me feel amazing every time, like every day when I send the personalized videos, like it reminds me who I am and like what I stand for. And it makes me feel amazing just to give gratitude to other people that I'm um, like, I think this could make a great talk. So that's what I pitched and, you know, they accepted it. And uh, I gave that talk uh, in the summer of it's two years now. So summer of 2017. Wow. It seemed recent for some reason. I was like, oh, he just did this. I want to be your Facebook friend now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Add me. Let's 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 do it up. So, yeah, I gave that talk uh, two years ago and it was one of the most incredible moments of my life and my career. I definitely kind of put that uh you know, near the top. And like now I'll always have given a TEDx talk and I look forward to giving a lot more. And while I hoped that, you know, it would go viral on the internet and, you know, all these people would start sending, you know, more personalized video messages and just be a little bit more thoughtful and expressive and, and generous and, you know, giving their love, you know, utilizing our smartphones because we've got them in our hands all the time and yeah. we'll sit there scrolling on Instagram and maybe even comparing ourselves to somebody else or maybe feeling worse when you could like literally just take your phone out and drop someone a little love bomb and it makes you feel amazing. It makes them feel amazing. So that's what I was kind of hoping would happen when I gave the talk and like, yeah, I think it's been seen probably like 15, 20,000 times and people have, you know, started sending, you know, more videos or use, utilizing their smartphones and, you know, more creative ways, but it didn't necessarily take the world by storm, which was something that I, you know, was hoping for. But, you know, to me, it just it was a lesson and inspiration for me just to keep doing my best every single day to keep giving. And, you know, maybe one day it'll go viral. Maybe one day it won't. I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, because it's on it. the Internet. It's yeah. not like it's going anywhere. And like I said to you earlier, before we started recording, I want to start doing that just to make myself, you know, I love being uncomfortable just growing yeah. so that's something that would make me extremely uncomfortable is yeah. to I'm very shy on video so I think if by doing that on a daily basis it would help me become less shy and putting myself out there and sh and you never know what that person is going through either never. that video could really make their day for sure yeah, versus absolutely. just a happy birthday text you'd be surprised so I've been doing it now for like almost three years so most of my Facebook friends have now gotten three personalized videos from me and the response I get is just unanimously positive people are so grateful that I took 15 to 20 seconds out of my busy life to say hi to let them see me and to wish them well and three years later there's still really not many people doing that like, I mean, if you think to yourself, how many personalized video messages did you get on your birthday? And maybe one, you know, from yeah, a close friend, one. you know, but probably not a lot. I look at birthdays as kind of an interesting thing where on birthdays we hear from so many people in our lives, whether people are writing on our Facebook walls or people are just hitting up us up, you know, to wish us a happy birthday. But there is such a drop off every other day of the year mm -hmm. and unless you know we get engaged or we score a new job or have big news to share 
usually we don't get a lot of love. And to me, I think that that is a shame. And I think that we are, as humans, are ripe for social innovation. We all crave love and connection. And by simply reaching out to someone and just being like, yo, what up? I thought of you today. You know, I thought of this memory and I haven't talked to you in like 10 years. I know this message might be a little weird, but I just hope you're doing well. Yeah. And that's it. And I guarantee whoever you send that message to, it will light them up and you'll feel amazing sending it. So like, that's the world that I want to live in. This world where we feel more connected, where the space that lies between us that you know isolates us in in our struggles in our fear that we just like push right through that and i think like dropping someone a quick love bomb like which i do on their birthday is like such an easy thing to do to be thoughtful and to light somebody else up and i know sometimes we're like oh i don't have time or it might be weird or you know like i'm insecure it's worth it every time guaranteed yeah, I think people overthink about yeah, it. Yeah, One other thing I want to like point out here is in regards to like relationships. Like relationships are the keys to like everything we want. Like on a just like a human level, like there's all sorts of scientific research that shows that it's the strength of our social ties, which is like so important for our well-being and our health. So that's like the first level. Like the second level is that you know, if you want a job, like if you know someone at a company, you have an active relationship with them, you're probably going to have your resume go right to the top. You know, if you Mm -hmm. want people to think of you for opportunities, like if you're in touch with them, if they think you're like a nice, generous person, they're going to be more likely to think of you for opportunities as well. So like relationship building, like there's just, it's just so ripe for that. Uh, The point that I'm making here is I read uh, Give and Take, the Adam Grant, a New York Times bestseller, and what he was saying is oftentimes our closest ties in our network when we really need something that those people like they're going to they're going to kind of keep giving us the same things that you know they've been giving us or you know if we go to them how do I want to say this um let me pivot here so what adam grant says it's not necessarily the people that are closest to you that will help you create new opportunities. It's actually the people who are a level or two out of it. So let's say you have some dormant relationships, people that you you know were friends with like 10 years ago or people you don't know as well. Those people, that is where so much of the opportunity lies. And oftentimes, you know, we've got our close relationships, our inner circle of five people, you know, maybe the next level out of like 15 people. But the further you kind of extend out in your network, that is where the juice is. That is the extra mile. And uh, as uh, Chris Winfield, who is this master connector who I had on my podcast, he says the extra mile is never crowded. So I think like having the courage to reach out, to expand your network, that is the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, and it's, I think with you saying that it's never crowded, it's just because people are too scared to go that far. For sure. So it's always, you know, take the chance to go there and you'll have more doors open for you. Indeed. Yeah. I like that kind of relationship pep talk. Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, why Why not? What are you doing these days for fun? I'm going to Burning Man next week, as I alluded to before. And... Um, doing a lot more like dinner parties okay yeah i'm kind of i'm 37 like i said and well i enjoy you know going to social gatherings and stuff i think right now especially you know in this relationship like doing more 
couples type of intimate dinner parties and stuff is what I'm more excited yeah, about right now. Yeah, that sounds really nice because yeah. it's you own your home, right? I do. Oh, yeah. okay. So it's nice to have people over and like it your is. home, and it's always nice. It is, and I just did a little renovation, so I'm excited to oh. entertain. And you said you love to live in Venice. I do. That's a nice area. I love it. Yeah, so. you know, it's like getting gentrified, but 20 years ago was pretty rough. So, you know, there's pros and cons. Yeah, and in all areas. What kept you going, you know, to put yourself into the Emotional Intelligent Program? Mm -hmm. I think possibility was was the big thing for me. My friend Jason Fisher told me about the Mastery and Transformational Training course. And just the way that he kind of positioned it to me was something that I always hoped would have existed but I didn't know it actually did like this place where like people would really like support you and being whoever you want to be and cheering you on like I'm like that sounds amazing like that sounds great I didn't know that that existed so that was really big for me just kind of I'd been to Burning Man a couple times so like I feel I'm like an open flexible person and I think having that mindset really allowed me to see what else was out there which I think and at the same time like I just got through this divorce I felt like crap I didn't have any confidence didn't really know who I was and I didn't want to feel like that anymore so I was willing to do anything and everything to move on yeah I was telling you that I just signed up to go through that same program next month and I'm a little nervous just because with Landmark I was I didn't get you know, everyone stands up and shares. I yeah. never stood up and yeah. shared. I was always okay. in, in the bleachers, you know. I never got on the court. And this time I want to go in there with a different mindset where you're going to you know, go and stand up and share your story and get that support because you're not going to get that support just sitting there and doing the work on yourself, doing your, the work yourself. Right. And I think that's what I missed out on was mm. just kind of just relating to everyone else and just trying to heal mm-hmm. versus like allowing people to support me. Mm-hmm. So, 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 so important. I know. Like we're humans. We have challenges. We have problems. And we're our own worst enemies when we don't let other people support us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know, like, as humans, we love to support other people because like, when we help somebody else, we're providing value for them. We all want to feel like we are important and valuable. And so that's why we love to give because yeah. when we do, other people value us more. So when we actually don't ask for support, you know, we get stuck and isolated in our problems and challenges and don't get the help and support that we need and deserve to help us, you know, achieve or get whatever yeah. it is that we want. And one of my favorite questions to ask everybody, whether I'm grabbing coffee with someone, I always ask them, like, you know, what can I do to support you? And what's interesting is, I mean, I think like 85% of people don't know how to answer the question. They'll either say, oh, just like, keep doing what you're doing or like I don't know I'll, I'll I'll think about it when the truth is we are humans we all have so many challenges and problems every single day and I think the more clear we can be about you know what it is that we want and the areas that we need support in then we can articulate those to whether an individual or you know or on Facebook or what you know whatever it may be and then that opens up the highway to get the support that we need. So we're yeah. not just isolated, 
you know, being a lone wolf, like, you know, pushing a huge boulder uphill. Instead, we're going downhill and getting the support of others. And uh, to me, I, I think it's just an invaluable exercise. So to be really clear on what your challenges are, what you want, and how you can be supported, because I guarantee there are people out there that want to help you. Yeah, I agree. And that's kind of the how I'm looking at it now that I missed out on in the last course that I took that I mm. was very li- I limited myself without the support yeah. and I want to go in there and be more vulnerable and I know it's going to be right. really intense for <laughs> me because the first one was intense and I didn't open myself mm. all the way so I know by me being willing to do the work now mm-hmm. or do, willing to do more work it's going to you know peel back those layers that I didn't peel back originally for sure right it's like a never-ending onion to yeah. peel back and you know, you're already an amazing person in a great place. And also in the MITT course, like it's impossible to hide out. Yeah. You have to come to my graduation. <laughs> Sounds good. Let me know what it is. Yeah. I'm, it's, uh, I've been avoiding going just cause I'm avoiding, you know, yeah. talking about or trying to have that conversation about why I need support and it's, it's time, you know, to, right now is the time. Love that. It takes so, a lot of courage. Yeah. What is something that you say to yourself in your lowest moments? Mm, thank you for asking. Well, there's, what do I say to myself? There's a lot of different things that I yeah. do, but the question is, what do I say to myself? And what I usually say to myself is like, you're having a tough moment right now. Breathe through it. Breathe through it. This too shall pass. Tomorrow is another day. And I'm sure you can relate to me. There's tons of days in our lives when we feel upbeat and we feel connected and we feel inspired and then there's days that we feel the opposite of that and life is a roller coaster so I remind myself of that and you know do my best to tell myself to have perspective so I think it's one thing to tell yourself you know oh you know my life is really good maybe it's like this part of my professional career isn't working as well as I want or I'm like really struggling and you know relationship or dating So it's one thing to tell yourself, but it's another thing to actually widen your perspective. So the things that I do, meditation has been an invaluable thing for me just to focus on my breath and realize like, okay, I'm good. I'm alive. I'm breathing. And then another thing, and it kind of ties it back to, you know, what do you tell yourself when you're having a tough time? I wrote down a list of things that I wish I told myself and reminded myself more often. So one of the things was reminding myself that, I have everything that I really, truly, on like a fundamental human level, I, I need, and that everything else is a bonus. Um, and just all the different messages, like a million different messages, and you know, about money and about health, and um, you know, about le- reminding myself that these things will pass. Yeah. So I wrote down a list of things, and then I found some like really good uh, like meditation music on SoundCloud, and I recorded it myself like saying these affirmations over this like soothing music and whenever I'm having a tough time I listen to it and I find it to be really amazing to you know hear myself saying the messages that I don't tell myself enough through this little meditation and uh, I I really highly recommend it It might sound a little weird uh, but it's been really valuable for me but if that's too weird you know I recommend just like making a list of the things that you wish you reminded yourself and told yourself more often and going back to it during the times you know where you're struggling and really letting yourself connect to it is really 
I think that's really cool because I meditate as well. And I listen to just that, what you just recorded. Mm -hmm. Like I listen to positive affirmations sometimes just to kind of, you know, like today's a new day. I am powerful and stuff like that. And it really, really changes your mind, especially if like you're going into work and it's been a stressful week. You just want to switch it. You just want to switch the way you're thinking and have more positive outlook and it Mm -hmm. just it's really helpful Mm -hmm. whether it's your own voice or you find something else online and it's definitely changed the way i see the world because of meditation because i'm able to control my reaction and control how i look at things because i took the time to meditate and focus on myself i'm not sure if that's how you feel about it yeah for sure but exactly the same you know even if it's five minutes a day it can change how you talk to someone or how you talk to yourself or how you look at situations Mm -hmm. and it's incredible. Yeah. I'm someone who likes to, when I have a challenge, like I'm a a problem solver Mm -hmm. and sometimes I get so fixated on solving the problem that I won't give myself any space. Like I'll get that tunnel vision where I'm just like so hyper micro focused and like meditating, going outside, you know, giving a, friend a phone call like it's so liberating to do that so I guess next time you find yourself in that kind of space where you're just like so fixated on something that's just driving you crazy just like zoom out you know get out of that environment that you're in you know literally going outside going for you know bike ride car ride picking up the phone such a game changer and I know you already know this, but like sometimes we need those reminders. I know I do. Well, when you're in that moment of frustration, you kind of forget. And like you said, you're fixated on the problem and you kind of need that reminder to be like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, relax, take a step back, chill out for a second. So definitely that reminder is helpful. What is something that you would go back and tell your childhood self if you could? Mm. What I would go back and tell my childhood self is that you can be whoever you want to be and to not take things personally. That everyone is responding in the way that they're responding based off of the voice in their heads. And just because someone responds to you in a certain way doesn't mean that you have to wear their thought or or wear the way that you perceive their thought. And I'm someone that for like so much my life has cared so much about fitting in and wanting to know what my place is that I've given away my power and am very sensitive to other people, what they say to me. And I think that that would probably be the most important reminder that I would tell my former self is that you can be whoever you want to be focus on your vision, you know, listen to people that you trust, get their expert insight and opinion, take it with the grain of salt and uh, just continue onward, you know, to the best of your ability. I think that's good for anyone even in today. today. I mean, as a reminder, you only listen to mm-hmm. yourself and mm-hmm. your vision and your focus and don't wear other other people's opinions of you, especially in the podcast world. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's going to have a negative opinion or a positive opinion. And if you take that all in, then you won't be where you are now. Like you wouldn't be as far as you are because those people, those negative opinions will hold you back or yeah. attempt to hold you back. Everybody's got an opinion, just period. Not giving our power away. And oh, yeah. every, everyone's got an opinion yeah. on something. Like yeah. I've had podcast episodes where my opinion was that the podcast episode sucked. 
And then somebody will hit me up and say that that was their favorite episode ever of the podcast. <laughs> so I think like take everything, you know, with a grain yeah. of salt. I've and had that happen to me too, yeah. where I was like, oh, this episode wasn't my favorite. And they were, and they were like, oh, I found it so, you know, inspiring and all yeah. the information I took from it. And I was like, really? Oh, okay. Like it was, it was, so, it was good, but yeah. I didn't, I guess everybody ha- is in a different place in their life and perceive the episodes differently than you do yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's it's good to that other people, you know, may not even when you don't enjoy something, someone else is enjoying it without you, you know, because mm-hmm. that's why we're doing what we're doing. Exactly. They're not all going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. I had a friend tell me, like, why are you starting a podcast before I launched it? And like, there's 600,000 other podcasts and you're late to the game and you may not have anyone listen. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to do this, but just expect it not to go anywhere not no one's gonna listen just just don't have high hopes and mm-hmm. i feel like if i would have listened to him i wouldn't have started it mm-hmm. you know because it was you know i i cried yeah. after he told me that and because i just felt like i was my dreams were being crushed by someone who was right. close to me and i'm like why would he you say this but i guess he just wanted me to be prepared that it may fail and just to not have too much expectations on it and mm-hmm. it kind of inspired me to do it more cool. to prove him wrong i'm like Great. you know what i don't care if i have one listener or two thousand listeners like it doesn't matter I don't care if I have one or 2,000 listeners. It's, I'm sending my message and, mm-hmm. you know, I need to be heard and what I want to say. So people listen to other people, then we wouldn't accomplish anything right. we want to do for ourselves. Yeah, I think that's a beautiful reminder. You know, we got one life and, you know, it's important that we stand for what we believe in. And, you know, it's going to resonate with some people. Some people might never, you know, hear of it. And that's okay. Yeah. And that's okay. And um, I just think it is important that, you know, we be who we are and whoever we want to be and that that's possible and that it's important to share those messages because if you feel some way, there's probably somebody else who agrees with you and or who needs to hear that message. And if you don't speak up, not only would be, you know, harmful for you because you're holding it in and whatever story you're telling yourself about why you're holding it in, not good enough, not smart enough, whatever it may be. I trust me, I've had those things, thoughts, and I still do. But when we do have the courage to be vulnerable, to put ourselves out there, not only is it liberating, but it can literally change somebody else's life. Like you could share a post on Facebook that like you didn't even write, but it resonated with you. And like, someone could read that and maybe like choose not to take their own life like we all have that individual power so i just really encourage you just be really really generous about utilizing your voice unattached to the outcome just putting it out there because it not only will be liberating but can really really positively impact others as well yeah i agree and that's why i continue doing this because it's just liberating for myself and whoever's listening keep going keep going before i forget how can someone get in contact with you or follow you on instagram yeah i think instagram is like a good entry point at are you being real you know the whole word spelled out or uh, are you being real.com is the website with uh, the podcast and so forth well i appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today it was an honor and i look forward to everything you have going on this year thank you franny i just want to take a second to acknowledge you uh again because I just really appreciate your authenticity and vulnerability 
And uh, I think that it is rare in this world today. I think that people crave connection. They crave to be seen and heard and valued for who they are. And it's really scary to do it. And uh, I think you do it in such a beautiful way, uh, both for yourself, but in a way that really uh, inspires others as well. So thank, thank you. you so much for everything you're doing and who you be. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's a wrap. I appreciate you for listening to the end. And if you enjoyed what you heard, please share with your friends and subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the upcoming episodes. Feel free to send me a message on claimingyourtruth.com or you can reach out to me on Instagram at Franny Nicole on the go. I appreciate you and remember, live your life in gratitude.